Welcome back to the 20-Sided Podcast. As ever, I am Brian Flaherty, and I am your Dungeon Master, and I'm joined by our three fabulous players. Say hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. We've got Noah Gebstad. Hi. We've got Chinook Tessera. Hi. And we've got Abby Hepworth. Hi. And <laughs> on the count of three, everybody together. One, two, three. Hi. Hi. Chandler Bing. Chandler Bing. How's everyone doing? You feeling good? Woo! Yeah. Today is going to be a good day. We're all we're all back together. We're all, you know, everybody's Get back at the table. Hopefully you won't split up again, but, well, you know, we'll see. Maybe someone will die this episode. Maybe not. You know? Every other episode, someone has, has disappeared. It's going to be a total party kill. <laughs> we're just slowly mixing up the party. <laughs> Sound like you have a cold. Can I get you some gazpacho? <laughs> well, so, sounds like uh, you could really use some breakfast soup. Then. You want some gazpacho? <laughs> I iced it this morning. You know, I don't understand why breakfast soup isn't a bigger thing. It feels like a breakfasty food. Yeah, like a hearty, isn't, hearty warm isn't, tea kind of. Yeah, yeah. I tea would with hit chicken a potato bits. leek soup in the morning. Be delicious. Isn't Clam cereal kind of like soup? Yeah, but bad. <laughs> coffee it's is too broth. creamy coffee is broth man these are a lot of hot takes <laughs> i frequently in the in my old office it had I, they had free like oatmeal packets and they had a hot water dispenser but it was like never quite hot enough but they also i got to be friends with with the woman who would come around and like brew the coffee and so i would just do coffee brewed like oatmeal it was good Sorry, you put coffee. So you do instead of putting hot water into the oatmeal, you put coffee because coffee just is hot water. Excuse me. I mean, I recognize all the words that you're saying as being technically correct. It just adds a coffee flavor. It's great. It's oatmeal with caffeine. What don't you want about that? You know what, guys? Sound off in the comments. You think Bobby's crazy? (laughs) (laughs) And then Natasha died, and I was never invited back. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's a crazy take crazy take it just was a it was like a convenience thing I feel offended honestly it's no different from people who put butter in their coffee i i see it working on a lot of levels yeah thank you i think that's really the problem is i get it and i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's black coffee at. black coffee no but like if oh you yeah throw no a latte, black coffee like a latte into <laughs> Or you pour black coffee in the oat, and then you doctor it with like a little bit of oatmeal. You do latte oatmeal, yeah. Mm-hmm. How is it any different from doing a latte with oat milk? I, I was just thinking well, the same thing. It's a lot different. I feel like it's a it's lot just, different. It's it's a, a, it's, no, it is. A, it's an oat milk latte <laughs> with pulp. Fuck it. Get with the with fuck out of here, Noah. You can all go fuck yourself. No, I'm putting my foot oat down. milk with pulp. With the pulp. I'm going to publish this whole <laughs> argument as a separate episode. <laughs> Do it. Cannon fodder. I love the idea of oatmeal being oat milk with pulp. <laughs> oat milk with pulp. So oh, no. no oh, it's such no. a bummer. That is, you're not selling this. <laughs> I, if anything, I feel like we're selling it more. Uh, you guys ready to play some D&D? Yeah. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last time on Prisoners of the Static. <laughs> After
After opening a pair of doors clearly marked do not enter that sucked three of the members of the party in opposite directions, you were forced to do one of the most dangerous things an adventuring party can do. You split the party. Yaksha went right to follow Boris, while Sieni went to follow Natasha and Gilly in the left-hand door. You each encountered strange rooms and eventually escaped and were able to rendezvous near Reggie, the heartbeat grape tree. However, since the characters were divided and in the dark about each other's activities, we decided to do the same with the players. So while they were split, Chinook played separately from Abby and Noah and vice versa. You all learned some valuable information, but I think by now you have also learned there is great power in secrets. Those you keep and those you share. So rather than having me recap everything that you each learned separately, I will turn the narrative over to you as you guys reconvene under the slightly pulsing shade of the heartbeat grapes to share (laughs) or conceal what you will. You guys, under the light of a new day, beneath the, the shade of the heartbeat grape tree, you have just unfolded the blueprints to some kind of strange mechanical automaton with a concave mirror face. And you, with a small corner torn off of it, you found that small corner, put it back together and realized this was the design numbered one. You are there under Reggie. It's the three of you with Gilly and Boris, as well as a slightly familiar person to some of you and wildly new person to, uh, to Yaksha, Don Taraxa. This small uh, sunflower man with a bejeweled and beautiful rapier, along with a very large bumblebee buzzing around his head. What do you guys Bibi. do? As you, Bibi, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, Bibi. Oh, Bibi. What do you guys do so as you as you reconvene in this area after having been separated in these crazy fucking rooms? What time of day is it? Uh, it it's like is morning, afternoon. It's like midday because uh, you guys went into you went into the oh, evening. That's right. We went to morning. get the breakfast gazpacho. To get the breakfast gazpacho. Yes, 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 yes. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> Yaksha is gonna once again just uh, gonna give these guys a big hug and then say, <laughs> "You guys want to head back to the boat and talk about our little journeys." Yes, if I we think. Can ma- yeah, if we can make it to the boat. I think we should rush. We should move very quickly to boat. Don. Yeah, we. Don Torexa, you are welcome on ship if you choose. I have not been on a ship for some time, and by some time I mean ever. Uh, but I am quite interested in the, going on such an adventure. So I, I graciously accept your invitation. Don, the Gilded Ghost is best ship you will ever go on. It's beautiful. <laughs> Gilly, tell him about ship. Well, I mean, shit, shit, it's beautiful. I mean, you, you, really, you're going to love it. So I, I, I do all these like, like carvings all around it, and, and it's, it's looking really good. It's, coming, it's not a, f- a finished product yet, but it's, it's, you know, it's getting there. And her hands are like glowing and pulsing with pride <laughs> and stuff. She's like pulling out her daggers to, to simulate carving, and he keeps like grabbing onto his rapier just kind of like out of reflex and she's like <laughs> doing all this weird shit she, she kind of Gilly just talks about her her work it uh it used to be my ship by the way just saying just putting that out there <laughs> it used to be my ship but you said he's not your ship anymore it's you, not anymore yeah yeah you no, it's your, ship. totally your ship totally your ship it was natasha's yeah. like the bristling the tight she's like no 
know it's Yaksha. She trusts Yaksha, but she's bris- bristling. A little, <laughs> a little I, bit. I, maybe I'm not understanding. You both on the ship? Ship it is, you, belongs- you, are, you are a co-parent? No, it's my ship. I like to think it belongs to all of us in spirit. It absolutely does not belong to Sieni. <laughs> Sieni has never right had now. any ownership of ship. Well, well okay, well, okay. Sieni I is... felt at home there, if that's anything, but uh, I guess I got my face. You are welcome on ship, but he's not your... I think we should move. We should hustle to get to ship. All right, we can talk about whose ship it is when we get back to the ship. <laughs> You guys start moving out of the village. As you guys move out, go ahead and roll a perception check for me, everybody. Um, I got a 15. 15? 12. I got a 27. Oh, wow. 15, 12, and a 27. Um, Yaksha and Natasha are too distracted by their boat quarrels. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Natasha and Yaksha are just quarreling back and forth. Don Tarak is like trying to figure out what the hell the deal is. Gilly keeps like, pulling Don Trax and like explaining her carvings and things. Boris is just kind of walking behind, just happy to be with the, with the team. <laughs> oh, BB is flying around. Sienny, you, however, having been in no uncertain terms, told you do not own the boat, <laughs> <laughs> are, are kind of looking around this place as you guys head on out through the, the wrought iron gates. And you turn back towards kind of back the way you came, uh, looking f- further back towards the village. And you can see kind of the city hall, um, or the town hall kind of off in the distance up on the hill. And you see something that you hadn't seen before. And it's a number of large multicolored balloons, like latex, you know, mylar, big like party balloons in like big, you know, those like columns that you have at like political events where it's like a big column of like a thousand balloons, whatever. And some of those have started to go up. But they're not like individual balloons in the way that the one that took 89 no, they're not those large. There's okay. not like a large spherical thing. They're just like regular balloons kind of all woven together into a large like column. Like from Party City? Yeah, very <laughs> Party City. It's whenever, whenever yeah. you're at like a, a political rally or you see those on TV, there's always yeah. that like that column of balloons. It's always yep. like, you know, four tied together mm. and then stacked top. So it looks kind of square. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Or like prom. Yeah, prom. Looks very prom-esque. And they're just like multicolored. You see a lot of blues, reds, yellows, greens. And you see they're kind of like moving around as if they're getting set up. Mm -hmm. But you guys continue through the wrought iron gates that say the village, and you head back towards the ship, uh, walking through the pathway. I assume you're going on the pathways through this kind of like vegetative area? Yeah. Yeah. I think probably, though, we're, we're hustling you guys hustle down this way. You head back onto the Gilded Ghost, carefully avoiding the, as you kind of walk through the, um, the docks, you hear the kind of like groaning of some of the other ships, the Zephyr and, or the Zephyr, I guess now is like deflated on the ground. Um, but some of the other ships are kind of like groaning a little bit and moving uh, in a slightly unnatural way. But you make it up top aboard the Gilded Ghost and you see first mate Zelda Grack is there to, to greet you. Captain? Good to see. You. I'm glad you're you're safe. Uh, we, we we got a message that you ha- happy you're here. Zelda is very good to see you, and both that you have not been eaten by big monster mimic thing is what has been happening over here, Zelda. Nothing too much over here, Captain. I've been taking care of the boat, making. And you look around, and it's like spick and span. Zelda is particularly good at her job, and she's there wasn't much to do, but all of the things that you know needed to be done. 
have been done. All the things have been scrubbed. All the Can particles have been cleared. Do a check. Uh, just because Natasha's a little on edge after the first time that the boat wasn't the boat and I did roll a check and like I thought it was my boat. <laughs> Can I roll a check to make sure Zelda is Zelda? Sure. Um, what am I rolling? Uh, go ahead and roll an insight check. Is it 10? 10. You're pretty sure this is Zelda. Seems normal. Nothing seems out of the ordinary. The ship looks very good. Uh, it hasn't started eating you yet, so that's a good sign. <laughs> um, hmm. With a 10, yeah, you're pretty sure. Okay, okay. Well, Zelda, this is Don Torek, so we meet him. He's very good with, with a sword. Don, this is Zelda, my, my first mate. She is perhaps equally as good. Ah, this is my honor to meet you. And he, like, gets down on one knee, extends his hand, uh, takes her hand and gives it. I hope we'll be speaking again later. You are quite a fetching woman. <laughs> she looks at me and goes, Oh, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Sunflower Man. <laughs> Yaksha leans over to Sani and says, I think the flower wants to fuck Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What? <laughs> you, you, you see uh, uh, BB has joined you and is just buzzing you. You just... Like trying to get in on the gossip. BB. You dog. Yaksha says, uh, hey man, I'm, I'm not a science guy, but I feel like this is a pretty big for a flower to want to fuck whatever Zelda is. <laughs> should probably take notes or something. Zelda's, Zelda's a half orc, so she is a, she's a beefy woman. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Sandy's fully blushing. I <laughs> want to comment on uh, to each their own, man. Like <laughs> Sandy is. I can't take notes. <laughs> that feels voyeuristic. <laughs> feels like Rear Window, which uh, <laughs> is a story I heard once. <laughs> uh, you, you, you see uh, Zelda goes off about the ship, just kind of like, you know, making sure everything's set, ropes are tied. And you, you guys can see her. She's like pulling on ropes and like just flexing a little bit extra. Oh, yeah. Get it, Zelda. <laughs> uh, she's like right. rolling up her sleeves. You're seeing these like thick, meaty forearms. Natasha um, approves as long as Zelda's getting her work done. Uh, Zelda's getting her work done. She's looking good doing it. <laughs> Don Traxa kind of looks around the boat and goes, this is a, a very fine vessel. I'm, I'm very... I'm very impressed. This is a this is a very fine ship. Yes, his best ship. I tell you this. Uh, yes, I I understand. Yeah, you want to see the big Gatling gun? I'm sorry. What is a Gatling gun? Can uh, Yaksha do the thing where he presses the button <laughs> and then pulls out the giant the giant gun? Yeah, That's... I actually really want to you, see this. Uh, Yaksha walks <laughs> over pretty nonchalantly to the the main mast that Zelda was like pulling some ropes on. You reach under, there's like a knot in the wood, and you kind of reach your hand up. And as you reach your hand up into the knot of the wood, there is inside of the knot like a lever. You pull hard on the level, and the entire mast shoots up about like two feet, <laughs> revealing a like hidden fulcrum. It falls down flat, so it's looking right over the bow of the ship. And the entire mast seems to like expand outwards, uh, creating a large cannon facing straight out, I guess pointed right now towards uh, towards the forest and towards the village. 
Ooh. We could light up the village right now, guys. <laughs> I think Natasha, while sort of sad that she, there are things about the ship that she like didn't know uh, and that Bonnie Bob didn't know and so like couldn't teach her. She's secretly really, really excited <laughs> that we got to see this. And she's now looking at it like, oh, this is, this is good. This is good for, for Natasha in long run. <laughs> Yaksha, fully trying to pull Natasha's leg, is like, yeah, my mom built this because this was our boat first. (laughs) (laughs) You you see uh, Boris looking over at it, just going, well, I mean, this would have been really helpful to know when I was trying to fire a cannon by myself. Like, this would have been way better. (laughs) I'm just saying this this would have been helpful information. I don't know, Boris, if you can't handle regular cannon, can you handle... I mean, come on. I I saved you. Yes, Boris, I, I I did not get to thank you properly, but. Yes? <laughs> <laughs> you did good, Boris, and I am very glad that you got the note and that you came through forest and that you came and you, you are part of rescue team. You're welcome. Okay, Boris. Okay. She kind of hugs him he kind of awkwardly hugs her (laughs) he's a little better at it than you like natasha's really kind of like half doing it boris kind of gets up in there it's not a natural movement for her she's a good (laughs) clap on the back or you know a firm shake of the hand she can do a hug is is rare yeah you keep going for like two (laughs) hand pats on the back it's a weird move yeah um, double bro taps. <laughs> yeah, double bro taps on the back. It's like it doesn't. It's like she keeps weird alternating yeah. them. It's it's strange. It's just sort of yeah yeah. You guys kind of break the embrace, and Boris is just like, okay, I'm gonna. Yes. Okay. So we go. We now we need to sit, watch, and we need to go and have recap of what we discovered in the rooms. We go, Zelda. I know you have been doing watch by yourself for many days can you do watch for one more hour while we do recap and then we can swap out and you can get some rest yeah I would honestly love to get some rest I've been pretty uh, tired and you see now she's got like bags under her eyes her all, both of her eyes are bloodshot um, she, yeah I, I'm pretty tired boss you know Gilly you, yeah? can, you could do yes uh, you see Gilly's over by Don Trax just pointing out all of the, like, carvings along the side. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I can, uh, yeah, I, I could take watch, sure. Zelda, you have done very good. You go, you go and get rest. Okay. Natasha's feeling particularly, because even, I mean, she, she, she understands the gravity of what happened to her, even though she, she's not necessarily scared of it or whatnot, but coming back from it now, she recognizes that a lot of people are going to feel a certain way about it. So she's, she's feeling lenient and she's like, yeah, yeah, cool. You can. <laughs> Zelda gives you a, a quick salute. Aye, aye, Captain. And she heads on uh, downstairs to her, her bunk. You guys, it's, it's the middle of the day. Zelda's gone down to sleep. Uh, Gilly's up on, up near the stern of the boat, kind of looking from the quarter deck, kind of looking over the expanse, kind of watching both the mimics and watching the forest off in the background. Around you, out to sea, you still see the fog of the static off in the distance, kind of surrounding this island. 
a thing that while you're in the middle of it kind of fades away into the distance. You kind of forget about it. But when you're back out on the ocean, you are very starkly confronted with the fog. What do you guys do? I think Natasha wants everyone to go. Well, it doesn't really matter where we do it, I suppose, but to like have a meet to discuss what she missed while she was a statue. <laughs> and also uh, like what we discovered with these blueprints and, and from like the two rooms. Mm-hmm. And then wants to get a nice long rest. <laughs> she is, I still have a bunch of hit points, but not looking great. You guys go into Natasha's quarters, Ooh. Uh, which is like a very fancy cabin. Natasha, you've got like a nice big table with a couple of chairs set around it that you, you often have like uh, Zelda and Gilly and Boris in to dine at. Natasha, what is, what is, uh, Natasha's cabin look like? I think it's probably pretty sparse. Like, she doesn't have that many material belongings. She's not the most sentimental. Uh, she definitely has, like, a box in there somewhere or a drawer that has some sentimental things in it, but very few. I think it's a lot like her her clothes, where it's, it's, uh, it's a relatively old ship or it's been around for a while so parts of it are pretty worn down she's not too fussy about trying to like replace for you know super fancy nice things but it's well taken care of of everything is like there's no (laughs) there's no like rings from glasses on the table Mm -hmm. um the glass windows would be you know like sort of maybe warped in the way that old glass sometimes is but like very clean and clear uh and stuff I think it's just very, very worn, but neat. You, you guys get, like, Natasha passes out some glasses of water, and as you guys go to set them down on the table, she throws out <laughs> coasters, and they land directly <laughs> underneath your glasses. You see Boris had already, like, grabbed one and already put it down. Boris he he knows well. Boris not. And uh, uh, Don Taraxa just takes some of the water and just kind of dribbles it on himself. <laughs> Feeds a little bit to BB. Yeah, what do you guys, what do, you guys do? This is nice. This is, I like what you've done with the place. Thank you. My, uh, my mom used to have a picture of all the lovers over her bed. I always hated that picture. He was, took that I'm sorry, it was a group photo of all <laughs> yeah. Or individual Or individual headshots. <laughs> like a gallery? Your mom was involved in it. I, I just assumed she would paint another, after she took on another lover, she would paint that person into the picture and. And then it got to be pretty ridiculous after a while. But uh. I have a, a technical question. Did she start in the middle with the first lover and then expand to the outside? Or did she start at one of the sides and then uh, move left to right? That's a good question. I think when I was adopted by her, it was pretty filled in the left and right, in the, in the middle and, and right side of the painting. And then as I got older, the left side started getting filled up. So I assume it had to start probably in the middle if I had to guess, but... You know, she was a weird woman. I think she might have started on the right just to make people angry symmetrically. But yeah. Just to make people angry symmetrically. She sounded like a very uh, amorous woman. I would have liked to yeah. meet her. I, I would have hated if you met her. She'd definitely <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, you see this little sunflower man blush a little bit. He goes, I uh, believe myself to be a wonderful lover. The 
said your mother sounds equally. I fierce. swear to God, man, you better not fuck my mom. You better not fuck my mom. This is not what we came here to discuss. Isyaksha's mom sounds like very strong and interesting woman. We, we talk about this it, another time. I want you have copy of this picture. I'd like to see, but now is not time. There is no bad Sandy time to talk of love. Question, is it, if he were to fornicate with Yaksha's mom, would this sunflower become a dad flower? He might have a sunflower of his very own. You see, uh, BB just BB just dies. BB, BB flips over. Oh god! Well, that's the teaser clip. Wait, I have a, <laughs> I have a question. Um, Yaksha's mom was um, humanoid, or she I didn't realize human. it was your adopted mom. Yeah. Pirates life. They always just adopt kids. You don't have young kids. We're both little uh, adopted. adopted (laughs) I was just thinking about that today. (laughs) That's Natasha. Because I don't think that she knew that, that, uh, I don't know that Natasha's heard you talk about your mom, like really at all. Natasha probably wouldn't have heard much. I think Yaksha's baby mentioned his mom once or twice. I think you mentioned like it was your mom's ship. Uh, and so I think that upon hearing of just these tiny little details, Natasha is feeling much more. Natasha feels this sort of kinship with with Yaksha <laughs> that she maybe didn't before, where she's like, "Oh, we are more similar than than I realized. Maybe he's person who I should get to know better." <laughs> I, know, yeah, she, I think she's also <laughs> very rattled by this portrait of, of hundreds of lovers. <laughs> Hundreds, but many tens of lovers. It was definitely hundreds of hundreds of them. <laughs> you know, let's stop talking this, about my mom and who, and who she banged. And let's. This uh, is a woman uh, to be feared. What, what for happened sure. to you guys? This okay. So after you, I want to hear about time where I was statue. But then we we go through the door and we ended up in bedroom, and it's very old. And there were plants in the plants. See any. Perhaps talk about the plants, as you know, you know them best. You, they were very old, and they were still on a on a timer. They were on a, a they still had a sprinkler system. They were still being cared for, and our friend Don here was Hello? kind of in charge of caring for them. Am I correct, Don? I watched over my master. My master's plants, but they take care of themselves. He was an extremely talented tinkerer, and his contained ecosystem is still functional a few hundred years later. Hmm. From what I gathered in the dust, around four, we said 400, around four, four to 700, uh, I yeah. believe was like the carbon, kind of the carbon dating I did, but in that kind of time, time frame. So he's been gone for a minute. For a minute. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the bedroom of uh, Mirin, 
mirror in the maker. And we look, we tried to look at his journals, and but then the journals were written with sleepy ink. And as <laughs> Natasha says this, she sort of like nods. Natasha can't wink, but she like sort of nods over to see any like, yes. yeah. Uh, 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 Don looks at Yak. She goes, yes, you have heard of this sleepy ink. It is a it is a new concept to me. Do you understand this? Yeah, sleep sleep ink. You know S- it. Sleepy ink. Yes, sleepy we ink. all know of the sleepy ink. Yes, the the sleepy ink that uh, uh, that's when yeah, you when, when yeah. you look upon it, it it begins to fade. But it comes back later. He's just taking a nap. Actually, go ahead and roll an insight check. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. No. That is uh not the word not great. Eleven. You see Sieni Sieni and Natasha are definitely trying to get you to play along with this. You see Don Taraxa has a strange array of, of emotions that you're not quite sure what they are. He's like genuinely asking you this question, but there's something else on his face. It's tough for you to read. He's got this weird sunflower face. You kind of like can't read his expressions that well. Uh, but there's something else kind of in his face, and you're not sure what it is. Uh, Natasha and Sienna are definitely like behind him, going, "Yeah, sleepy ink. <laughs> yeah, sleepy ink's a real a real thing that happens. They they did not lie to you at all in any way, shape, or form." <laughs> Roll a little insight check for Don Teresa. <laughs> That's a natural seven. He looks. He goes. I am so relieved to hear that this is not, uh, this is a, a common, a common uh, feature of inks these days. I, oh, I was, I was so worried that I destroyed my master's personal private journal that I, I, oh, I just miss, uh. oh. <laughs> well, yeah, you're totally fine, man. No one's going to get mad at you later. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see, uh, BB is just kind of looking at you and like, you see this bee's eyes just narrow. <laughs> Be cool, baby. Be cool. Don't fuck this up, baby. I I also forget you guys were able to get a couple of things out of that notebook. Were you able to? I think we got three things out of the notebook, and then you kept the notebook, but you, you weren't you weren't able to like stop the the process, were you? No. Yeah, we got the three things in the net. <gasps> yeah. So we got we got the notebook, and it um had a charm so the ink started to like disappear and we slowed it down fast enough to get some information from it and we kept the notebook and i'm working under the assumption that like a guy like that especially if he's like taking notes that he wants to refer to later that there's a way for like perhaps him to bring it back um yeah you're you're not sure if this is like a defensive function to like if this is a like hide feature or if it is a like burn book where it is now destroyed i'm thinking it's probably a hide feature but uh that's just speculation at this point you would probably need either um some pretty high arcana checks Mm -hmm. something like an identify spell or some like kind of studied investigation of this book investigation not natasha's strong suit so somebody else wants to take a crack at it they can but so um so we we were unable to learn much from this but we learned that Mirin was building something in Mondorek 
the god was involved in procuring a warden. This was, and Beholder was a warden. So this was interesting. And then there was Carousel, information about Carousel. Nice. I think this, this, this was most of information we gain. And then we look at this, we look at blueprint of robot and the, the, and Don tells us. Can you say robot again? (laughs) (laughs) Of a robot. (laughs) A rabbit? Robot. Okay, a rabbit. No, is is this? She's saying robot. 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 Oh, okay. Robot. Yeah, robot. It was, what did Don Torexa call it? It was the... In Automaton. Yes, Automaton. Uh, In the, is, we will look at this blueprint for this before we learn this is perhaps number one. And Don tells us that this was supposed to be mouthpiece for something. It was supposed to speak, and Mirren did not like what it had to say. He was very interested in in speaking with such a vibrant and, uh, how do you say, sentient energy source. He he needed to find a way to uh, speak with such a thing, and within the static it is possible. Outside, uh, less so. What happened? Was he tired of talking to a horny sunflower? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. I prefer the term amorous, senor. <laughs> I believe... I'm not calling you that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe a woman like your mother would have approved of such a <laughs> <laughs> Me and you are not friends. <laughs> yeah, straight I, I, up I hate when father and son fight. <laughs> Don't call him my father. <laughs> <laughs> you, you look at, at Don Taraxa, uh He whispers something to BB. Can you go ahead and roll me a perception check? Me? <laughs> yeah, or a, a, anyone can. All of us? Yeah. I will absolutely. I will. Yeah. Oh, I'm into this. Natasha this is guy. ashamed to admit she's really interested in this drama. <laughs> That's a nat one for me. A <laughs> uh, uh, 15. I got 23. Uh, oh, let's go. O- only Natasha hears this. Uh, Chinook is like physically getting restrained by Sieni, and Natasha just hears after after uh, Sieni says, or uh, sorry, after Yak says, "Don't call, don't call my daddy." Uh, he goes, "That is not what his mother said to me." Oh, <laughs> you just you just see Evie buzzing and like bouncing on his shoulder. You think Natasha is like secretly really interested in this drama, but is trying very hard to pretend to not be. So she, she, there's nothing on her face to, to give away that she has seen and, and knows that this is like, woo girl. Don, Don Trax is just dropping your mama jokes and you know, <laughs> just having a good time. Natasha's like, this is fun, but now is not the time. <laughs> uh, but, but Don Trax kind of uh, continues and goes, my master, Mirren, he understood that a entity such of such power as the Weave, he knew that such a power could be harnessed for good. He hoped that by finding a way to communicate with it, he might be able to figure out how best to use it. It didn't quite work out that way. Is that everything you guys uh, 
how that happened to you in there before finding, I guess, where me and Boris were? Um, Don also explained to us how the the doors work and where they go. Ah, nice. Yes, the 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 doors will take you around to the other doors. That it's it is a connected network. Uh, you can turn the dial to the color, and the color will take you to the door. Oh, is there a way to get in through like the back? Like, can we get back in by the great trees? Yes, uh, it's it's a little harder there that you kind of have to squint your eyes to see it. But if you go near uh, Reggie, the grape tree, kind of cross your eyes, kind of throw it out of focus, you'll be able to see the outline of the of the door. Oh, and you'll be able to grab onto the handle. That's amazing. That's good to know. I guess I can explain what happened to Boris and I. Yeah, what happened? Because we were on the tail end of you, you know. Yeah. We, 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 we fell into that dusty old... What was it? What am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Laboratory. You know, I, I jumped in that little portal and, and followed Boris and uh, he actually put his, puts his hand on Boris's shoulder, kind of squeezes it. And he goes, uh, when I got in there, Boris was fighting three basilisks by himself. Uh, <laughs> poor guy. And I tried, you know, did my best. I tried shooting them with my arrows and turns out Boris was ready for them. He uh, took them all out by himself, essentially. Isn't that right, Boris? We go ahead and roll a little inside check for Boris. <laughs> <laughs> that's a natural six. <laughs> oh damn what are you talking about we there was nothing in there we, boris i'm trying of- to make you look cool mate come on <laughs> oh boris, sorry did you fight basilisk yeah he, he kind of looks at yes. yaksha looks around and goes yeah Th- uh, two two of Three, three of them. It was, it was like one was a baby one. One was a baby one. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know how to count it. So yeah, two or three, <laughs> depending on how you look at it, you know, uh, oh, Boris, this is very interesting. You will have to give us minute by minute recount starting right now. No, you know what? I, I, I no, Boris, I this is something I, feel like I've I always wanted to f- try to do. So no, you have to explain no, how it is done. No, I, I really appreciate that, Natasha. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I kind of think that that uh, Yaksha was in the middle of something, and it'd be very rude of me to interrupt. And plus, I'm oh, actually, I'm actually finishing uh, cooking. So oh, why yes. don't I, I'm gonna finish on the stove over here. Okay, bye. Wait, Boris, before you go, can I get that uh, that potion and book you also grabbed? Oh yeah, sure. And he pulls out the potion. As he pulls out the book. He hands it to you and you see him. He kind of starts walking away and then clocks the book again. He seems preoccupied with something about the book. Hmm. Well, after we killed the basilisks and Boris did that by himself, <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, we, we explored the little laboratory a bit and found all the schematics that, that I'm sure you guys saw too. Turns out this seems to be based off of everything we've heard. Mirren's, little lab and, and workshop or, or whatever. And uh, uh, there were schematics for a bunch of things. Like we, I found some schematics for the weapons of the gods. Uh, that was pretty tight. And then just a bunch of other schematics uh, that we have the, the schematics, the carousels. There was a schematic for the pocket watch that's attached to number two. And that one was titled, that was the number two schematic. So I, I think, uh, I think we already know that, but, and then, uh, we found these weird potions and I, I pull out mine and, and give it to Sienny. And I'm like, I don't know. Can you, can you, you like science, Ooh. right? Can, can you see, see what this is? <laughs> I dabble. Oh yeah. Go ahead and roll a, um, I'll say you can roll an arcana or a nature check. 
Hmm. Can I, while he's doing that role, did Natasha clock that Boris was uh, concerned about the book? Or yeah, you can go and roll an insight check. Hot dog, a nat 20. Yeah! Nat 20. <laughs> um, let's go. Sienny <laughs> knows what this is. So they were, I believe, two potions. I believe Yaksha grabbed one and uh, Boris grabbed one. Uh, you look at the mm. one with, that Boris grabbed first. And this one seems to be in pretty good nick. Like, it's pretty well-maintained. Like, the stopper hasn't uh, eroded at all, so you think the potion is probably, like, pretty well-maintained, even though it's been clearly a very long time. Like, these things often keep well if they're in proper containment. You see this. This is a fairly simple potion, but a fairly good potion of superior healing. Oh, nice. Oh, that's handy. The second potion you look at, and you see the stopper has eroded away a bit. Um, so, like, some air has leaked in, some other stuff has leaked in, and there's a bit of a cloudy aspect to this um, potion. You recognize it, however, though you're not entirely sure if it would still function or if it would be, like, totally workable, like, if there might be some detrimental effect to it. But this is a potion of giant strength. This would statistically increase someone's strength temporarily. Oh, oh my God. Uh, so it Jeez. just makes you super fucking strong. Uh, but you are a little, you would be a little worried about using it. It may work great. It may have some side effects. I relay all of this back to Yaksha and Boris and allow it, like, give them back their potions. That These are some big old findings, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> some very well-crafted potions. And then, um, Natasha, would you roll for your insight check? Um, a 17. You know your brother pretty well. He looked at the book Something is concerning him about the book. Uh, you get the sense that he read part of it and something about that is not sitting well with him. He's definitely preoccupied about something about the book, but he's keeping it to himself for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah, I didn't read Boris's notebook, so I, I don't know what's in here. But you yes, can, did, I, you, did, you read, did you read books? Did I read books? He's in the laboratory, not just like general books. Uh. <laughs> Have you ever read books? I know you read books. Did you read the books in laboratory? No, we didn't. We didn't get to read the books in the laboratory. Well, Boris got to read his book, and then I, I grabbed mine, and I, I just noticed we didn't get to like read the full book. But I, I pull out my notebook, and I'm like, this book is just stuff about orbs and aesthetic and how to remove things that are trapped inside of them. Uh, but I haven't read the full thing, so I'm going to give it a little read tonight. I don't know if one of you wants to read Boris's book, Science Guy, maybe. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I throw the book to, to Sienny. Sienny, after, oh. after you have read, I can, I can read the book. Do you want to read book? Maybe you can read it together. Like That's not necessary. But uh, we, <laughs> we, after you, maybe we, on, when I take watch, I can bring book and multitask. Are you pitching me a book club? Mm. Are, we pitching a book? <laughs> <laughs> Are we pitching a book club? Are we pitching a book club? A book club sounds like Natasha's well, worst nightmare, but she can see the excitement in Sienny's eyes. And so she's like, yes, he's well, science book club. I, I must say, I have been uh, hoping to join a book club for some time now. And that may be a good bonding moment. Yes, can't you know, get for, enough of us. <laughs> I agree. This this sounds uh, very entertaining. Maybe we all just read the books together in one room. Have Let's have have all of you read uh, this book, The Da Vinci Code? 
<laughs> and I have opinions. <laughs> it was, oh, it was a mind blower. It was fantastic. Uh, truly, Da Vinci, the code, amazing. I mean, with, with the puzzles and things, it was, oh. I I, I've reread it a number of times. There are not many, a lot of the books are very boring, but somehow that one slipped into under the desk. I found it. I've, I've gone through it a couple of times. It's very cool. Wait it's till you hear who so they cast in the traveling show of that. They're, they're turning <laughs> there that is book a traveling into a traveling show. show. They're turning it yeah. into a traveling show and they hum tanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have heard play, good things uh, about home tanks. This, this would be a fantastic casting. It, it it is. It's really it good. Is. Yeah, he's got long hair now. Yaksha thinks to himself, "Is this my dad?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys uh, sit down. You guys sit down and like study these books. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'll say what you, what you guys have is you have a large folio. This like a big like um like experiment book or type thing. It's like a big laboratory notebook essentially. Um, that's what Boris got. Uh, Yaksha, you had a smaller notebook. Natasha, you had the now empty personal diary. Mm-hmm. And I believe you have a couple of blueprints you can look at. You also have the still untranslated letters or still untranslated <laughs> journal of number 22 as well. Fuck. Oh, we, and we have the key to it, right? You do have the key. And now that you're not necessarily pressed for time, you could translate most of it. So you, you can get through all of this. Just let me know what order you want to go in. I think the thing Natasha would feel gravitated towards because she would understand it most clearly is the blueprints just because they like resemble a map. Mm-hmm. So Natasha is probably going to check out the blueprints first. Okay. Let me just go around and see what everyone's going to check out. So Natasha's going to check out blueprints. Uh, Sieni, what are you checking out? I think the laboratory makes like the most sense for me to take over. So yeah, I'll delve into that and just see like what science I can kind of parse together. Okay. And then Yaksha, what are you going to take a look at? I'm doing the, the one that I got, the orb, little orb book, small book. Okay. Uh, why doesn't everyone roll me a investigation check? It's actually not as bad as I feared it would be. 16. 16. I got a 15. 15, okay. I got an 8. An 8, okay. Um, <laughs> We're doing great, guys. <laughs> we'll start with Natasha. Mm-hmm. Um, Natasha, you look over these blueprints. There's a couple that you have out in front of you. There is the one marked number one. There's the one marked number two. There is the one for the carousel. And that is it. You look at the carousel first because you had seen the initial sketches of it in Mirren's notebook before the ink was drained from it. You see, it is a very well-designed fancy carousel you see it goes round like the horses and things go up there are there aren't just horses on it like you've maybe seen before this one is much more mechanical they move up and down and kind of like move forward and backwards there's a lot of great mechanisms in this thing um and not only they aren't just horses but there are other like mythical creatures there are unicorns and nightmares and like wyverns different kinds of dragons and things it is a very is a hodgepodge of like mythical creatures the thing that is strange about it that, that you don't immediately recognize is along the outside of it, pointing inwards, is this long arm. I say arm. It's like it, it's essentially attached to one of the outer poles that holds up like the main like mm-hmm. tented structure and reaches in so that it is near the like outer edge of the the things going around. 
Mm -hmm. And you look a little closer and there is a smaller diagram off to the side for this like mechanical arm. And you see it contains, there's essentially like a little slot at the end with an opening. And inside that slot, you see a large ring. And you see this arm seems to contain a number of them. Okay, with this, for me to have an understanding of what this looks like, it's similar-ish to like old uh, carousels who have like, if you can reach up and grab like a ring. Yeah. Sort of a thing. Except this exactly is like that. a basically slot where like they're hidden inside and they may be dispensed at some point. No, it is exactly oh, okay, that. It, okay. is, it is an arm that like has these rings that can be grabbed by people on the outer edge. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Does it have info about what these rings are made of? No, there's, there's a, you see that there are like a bunch of rings. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily see any. There's no notes about like all of them are made of the same material or different materials or any materials at all. No. Okay. Or I don't get that with the 16. <laughs> but, but with the, I mean, like there, there aren't really notes. There are notes about like how to make the rings and like what like what size they should be. Right. Like the actual schematics of like the sizes so that they fit in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. they're they're about like four or five inches across, and they're like they're like nice. You could grab them pretty easily if you're going mm-hmm. around on this on this carousel. Okay. You take a look at number two, uh-huh. which is this pocket watch, and you see the pocket watch itself appears to contain a significant amount of like arcane material on the interior. It is a functioning timepiece that seems to work in any time zone. Essentially, automatically adjusts, which is nice. The interesting thing about it is it appears to have some kind of spell that is activated when the button at the top is depressed. With this, with the 16, you look at it and it seems to be a counter spell. But that doesn't quite line up with what you've seen uh, of this thing. Every time you see it, it gets clicked like the entire village stops. Mm-hmm. With the information you have right now, you're not quite sure where that disconnect is. But you know that this appears to be a watch that for mechanical purposes, casts counterspell when clicked. Okay. And then you flip over to the diagram of number one, and you see a probably like five and a half, six foot tall humanoid uh, automaton. You see there are a number of like insert diagrams and things for, you know, the legs, the arms, the torso and things. The main focus of it appears to be in this concave mirrored head. So you see essentially a normal head, but where the face is, is essentially replaced with a concave or uh, like dented in mm-hmm. mirror. Which you see even on the diagram, there's kind of a picture that shows an inverted uh, reflection in it mm-hmm. from whoever would be standing across from it. You see that the arcane workings on the inside of this thing aren't something you necessarily understand, but it just seems to be as best you can tell without knowing too much of the arcane extremely powerful, complex, seems to require a lot of energy. Like, based on all the notes you see around the outside, that's what it seems to need. It's just significant amounts of energy. Um, Is there anything else specific you're looking for in these diagrams? Um, no. I think I'm most interested in the watch and, like, how how it gets attached and how number two keeps changing, but I... I don't know that the schematics are actually going to give me any more information on that. I'll say with the schematics, you see the, you look at the chain of the watch, mm-hmm. which appears on the diagram as being fairly decorative. Like mm-hmm. it seems functional, not, it doesn't seem to have anything special about it. 
you get the sense that this watch was designed to be a like standalone item. Okay. Like, like it, it cast a magical spell. It had magical properties. But there isn't anything in these schematics that shows it being implanted in someone's body. There's nothing that shows like people should be changing while wearing it. That doesn't jive with anything on the page. The page shows you a like detailed outline of a pocket watch that casts counterspell. Oh my god, I have a new idea. But I'm gonna hold on. To it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, cool. Yeah, I think that's I think that's everything that Natasha's gonna get. You start to kind of sit with that a little bit. Uh, we'll move over to Yaksha. You have the journal specifically talking about various orbs, and you flick to the pages specifically talking about those containment orbs, the prisons that were designed for the Titans. And remind me what you rolled again? Uh, uh, 15. 15. Okay, you look through, and there are a number of, this is kind of like a rough outline notebook, like this isn't like detailed diagrams, this is like thoughts and musings and things, so there's a lot of like things that are scratched out. It's very much like a chicken scratch notebook. Okay. But in that it reveals a lot. There are a lot of like, you see entries that were like false false positives and like dead ends that he went down to try to figure this thing out. Towards the end, there are a bunch of notes about workings of this thing and specifically like how to, how things come in and out of it. And you realize that the orbs themselves don't hold physical matter. They don't hold the physical being of a Titan. They don't hold the physical being of anything. They hold the, the soul of a thing. And they can only hold the soul. They, they can't hold like a physical matter of things. The containment is pretty absolute for a couple of reasons. One, it is a very just powerful object. It's difficult. You can't really break it as far as you can tell, though clearly based on some of the notes at the end, Mirren was a little worried that maybe he had screwed up some kind of the calculations. But the real reason it's tough to destroy is a note towards the end that mentions a soul from this thing, once it is activated, cannot be released unless another soul is put into it. Oh, shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a soul, once released, will very quickly need a host. So the, the workings of this thing to get something out or to put something into it are difficult. Okay. Okay. Yaksha just goes, shit. And uh, puts the book down. You recognize in this notebook, there are some kind of arcane sigils and spells that essentially you can use this thing more or less as a pokeball at a certain point. You kind of throw it at things and it contains a soul, but it can also be activated and then suck up the nearest soul that is offered to it. And as you kind of read some of that, you realize that this is likely what happened to your mother that mm. this orb was active and hers was simply the latest and nearest soul to it i see and there's only one soul that can be in it at a time there's only you know i don't think there would necessarily be no it's definitely intended to only be one soul at a time mm. though these things were intended to house the soul of primordial beings there's not really any calculations to if it could hold multiple mortal souls. So the answer is maybe. Shit. Is it weird that I think that that's like romantic? 
<laughs> it's just getting a little too Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly that I'm like, oh my God, you could have your souls in an orb together. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. And also terrifying. <laughs> and last, we'll go over to Sieni. Uh, Sieni, you start to flip through this big uh, experiment folio, and this is slightly more detailed experiment notes. Like these are kind of the Whereas Yaksha's is kind of a sketch of things, this is more of a roughed and second draft of things. Mm-hmm. But rather than being about specific experiments, it's more about observational material. It is observations about the static and the area inside the static. Though you, you don't really notice any mentions of the village. There are a number of mentions of these underground tunnels that are being built. There's mentions of his design of the Arcanist Oubliette, which is the, the prison behind that, that dark door where um, the warden is currently guarding. You see, you rolled an eight, right? Yep. Hmm. What do I give you with an eight? <laughs> <laughs> the table of... See, and he falls asleep reading the book. <laughs> you give him a second chance to roll <laughs> i'll say you should roll with advantages of science guy. yes i'll say i'll say yeah. if you if you want to spend more time with this thing uh i'll let you roll again but you won't be able to like look at number 22's notes you, you can pass it off to someone else but um you, you realize that you're reading through this thing there are a bunch of difficult to decide like they're they're very like scientific notes and it's just dense reading there are like weird calculations about like atmospheric pressure and different things like that like weird electrostatic readings of things and you're getting a little bogged down in the weeds yeah i somebody well, somebody else could read number 22's notes though right yeah totally okay then yeah i'll yeah i don't need to look at those i feel like i should lend my expertise to the science of it yeah go ahead and give another give me another investigation check all right Okay, much better. 19. <laughs> 19. You, nice. as, as the others begin to kind of like put down their things, you kind of retreat off to a different corner and really like sit down. You get a notebook. You start taking your own notes to the sides. You eventually get to a section that is of interest to you, surrounded by a number of like barometric pressures and temperatures and readings of different things that are trying to figure out exactly what the static is. You get to a section about Mirren's worries about the static. One of the things he keeps talking about is the idea of a token, this token that he needs to maintain and retain. You see, he's talking a lot about maintaining or holding on to his token, how that is very important, how it must be. You keep seeing, he keeps talking about how it needs, must be a like pure token, which is strange. He doesn't necessarily describe it. He's just like, oh, I need this pure token. The other thing you notice is him talking about indoctrination into the static he talks about it being a slow process that kind of happens over time he keeps mentioning a number of different names of people and saying that he's noticed them beginning to act a little strange and at a certain point they started forgetting him and starting just kind of like losing themselves in within the static kind of not quite going crazy but just going to a different mental state almost and then he tells of a disastrous experiment. He attempted to essentially take one of these people out of the static, and there was significant thunderstorms outside. There was this massive bit of turbulence as he tried to move out of the static. 
he has a large section talking about how removing a thing that is fully indoctrinated into the static is like pulling an organ out of a living creature. It could have untold ripple effects, not only within the static, but on things outside. Once something is fully integrated, it has become ingrained within the weave itself. You see a large section of him talking about the static being a scar, essentially, a bit of scar tissue. There, You know there are two kind of segments of the world. There is the material plane where you guys exist, and then just beneath that, beneath everything, there is the weave, a source of magic and power that until the Titans came through was untapped and unaccessible. But when the Titans broke through, they essentially punched through two pieces of paper. When they punched through, magic was able to leak out from the bottom layer into the top. And Mirren here begins to hypothesize that maybe things from the top layer have begun to leak into the static as well. You see him referring to the static and the weave in terms of a body of an organism rather than an energy source. You see him referring to different, you know, defense mechanisms of the static as as if he's referring to like white blood cell or like an immune system. I think with a 19, you're beginning to see that when the Titans punched through the weave and punched through the material plane, yes, magic was able to flow out into the material plane, but a wound on a body goes two ways. Things leak out and things get in. And that's not good for either side necessarily, or it could have bad effects for either side. You see Mirren towards the end of the notebook beginning to talk about changes within the static and within this island that seem to be heightened by things that were happening in the material plane. He seemed to be talking about how major shifts in emotion of the material plane beginning to leak in and almost infect the static, the weave itself. I have a history question for you. Yeah. The static. I know the current sort of lore is like anything that goes in, nothing's ever returned mm-hmm. uh, from going in. Has that always been true? Like when the static first appeared, was it possible to travel back and forth? You're all history check. That's definitely Natasha's strong suit, so this will go well. That's <laughs> a five. The lore you're aware of is nothing's really ever come out. Mm-hmm. The things that Sienna is reading appear to talk about many hundreds of years ago when kind of like after the fall of the Titans in that immediate aftermath, there appeared to be some travel in between. It definitely wasn't plentiful. From what it's from what it's reading, mm-hmm. but it seems like Mirren at least was going in and out. Like knew what was happening in both places. The the vibe you're getting is that, or had some sense of what was going on in both places. Yeah, it seems like Mirren was like the person who was coming in here and like doing experiments, figuring this stuff out, mm-hmm. and would bring in like a few people with him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Those people seem to be slowly losing themselves to the thrall of whatever this place is, whatever some, whatever is happening here. Okay. Do I know while reading this, do I pick up or do I like just in being so analytical in reading 
these notes from Mirren, am I noticing any changes in like the pattern in which he's writing or how he's writing or his hand, like his actual penmanship of like, oh, he like seeing ebbs and flows of moments where he, too, was also potentially losing it. Hmm. You see him remaining fairly consistent. You, You don't seem to think that he was falling prey to whatever was necessarily happening to his compatriots. With that in mind, you start kind of flipping through this book, trying to find more information on like what he thought was happening. And you keep seeing references to this idea of a token, this thing that he was holding on to that seemed to be inoculating him in some way. You see this idea keep cropping up over and over that his possession of a pure token was preventing him from being from being so I don't I don't want to say possessed, but being so affected by the static as his his like compatriots that were coming in with him. Hmm. I wonder if that token is the brass ring. I feel like it has to be, right? That feels maybe. I'm trying to think of like other things. We gotta get out of that here. That would have kept him around <laughs> like that. I see. Yeah, I, I see. <laughs> I understand why Boris is a little freaked. Poor kid. And then for 22's notebooks, what sort of check, or is it just a matter of sitting and having the time? It's, yeah, it's just a matter of sitting with it for a time. Um, I'll say anyone who wants can make a investigation check, I guess, to try to decode these things. You, you definitely have the key. It's just a time thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you can decode the whole thing. So there's, there's a lot of writing in here. Mm-hmm. I got a five so i'll be a lot of help <laughs> his investigation mm-hmm. i well, i got a three so i'm even less help <laughs> all right i'll give it a go <laughs> that is a 15 after working through uh, the the journal about the orb you sit down don Drax is kind of like sleeping off in a corner <laughs> book club my ass Uh, he he, he tried to read over your guys' shoulder and then seemed to get bored BB is still kind of sitting on your shoulder and actively reading oh BB (laughs) BB's the brains of the duo (laughs) I give BB a kiss (laughs) (laughs) oh we didn't tell you about Boris's uh, nightmare either Natasha Boris's nightmare yeah when we were were, uh, sleeping the night before we came get Came to get you. We he had a, a nightmare, and I've been thinking about that a little bit. And I think it's it might be actually. And Sienny, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think it's because he didn't have the dread that we drank. What was? Do you, did he say what nightmare was about? No, I think I thought it was like he some witch or a demon attached himself to him at some point in his previous life. But I think it might be the dread. This this is possible. Boris is. I like to give Boris shit, but he is brave, brave man. He has not had nightmares in many years. Hmm. Very bizarre that, yeah, that it would happen now after. I mean, we are going through a lot of weird shit. You know, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot going on, it's, it's, but it's been stressful. Is I wonder, yes, is this this thread could, could be affecting Boris snuck into village. He did not have to go through Porsches. Yeah, he snuck in. And I think Natasha, about this time, you're noticing that 
the bags under Boris's eyes are pretty deep. Like his eyes look almost hollowed out because uh, he's still exhausted. For, he didn't get a long rest last night. Mm-hmm. It's been a bit of a day. He's kind of standing up. He's making some food and stuff at the table. He looks preoccupied. Um, I think Natasha's going to go over uh, to Boris and, and Boris, what the, what are you cooking? I uh, just like, you know, some you know, pork, pork and chive dumplings. This, this smells <laughs> delicious, Boris. Thanks here. Uh, this is a new sauce. Let Natasha try the sauce. Uh, it's delicious. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Boris, this is some of your finest work, which is also impressive given that you are, you are, you've had taxing day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was fine. It was okay. Boris, you did a lot of very impressive things. And I. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. I want. You to continue to do impressive thing, and I think after you cook, you should go get. You have earned good rest, Boris. He kind of stops for a second. Go and roll me an insight check. I'll say with advantage. He's your brother. Okay. Uh, sixteen. He looks at you. And goes. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not tired. I. I could. I could stay up for a little bit longer while you guys. Uh, while you guys, you know, figure this stuff out. Boris. She puts her hand on his shoulder. If you want, you, you know, you can use you can use my quilt. Go take rest. Then this is a a quilt that I think they have had. Like it came onto the ship with them. They've they've had this for a very very long time, and it's it's Natasha trying to say like you know. Don't be afraid to go to sleep. Here's something. It's it's her <laughs> version of extending like a teddy bear or being like, I'll sing you a lullaby or or basically trying to be like, you need something comforting and, and here's this thing for you. He kind of looks over at the foot of your bed where this thing's folded up, like very neat and pristine. Um could I could I sleep in your bed with because it because it's supposed to stay in your bed. So I figure I'll just sleep in your bed with it. Break my heart. <laughs> no. You'll know what you're right. It's not supposed to leave my bed. It stays in this yeah, room. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's exactly. Stay. This is the rules. Yeah. Yes. And so we gotta follow the rules. It's true. And you'll know what? I have no books to look through. Yes. Boris, you 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 sleep there. And uh, I wake you up later for you to watch and then I sleep. This this work. Yeah, okay. Alright, go go get some rest, Boris. Okay. Um you you can pass out the dumplings and stuff. I'm gonna... I'll just I'll just take a little nap. Okay, and Boris, really? This sauce? Very, very good. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, Boris. <laughs> Boris goes off to Natasha's bed, doesn't get Can under I the covers. Can I give him, like, a vial of melatonin or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you also, is he just, like, picture. in a corner of the room that we are also in? <laughs> You've got a pretty big captain's quote, so you guys okay. are kind of, like, over in one corner, and the bed is, like, Kind of, because I was you know, gonna say right we could move wall. over to like the mess or something. You look at him and you kind of start asking people if you want to go, and he kind of like looks at you concerned. He clearly wants people in the room. All right, Natasha just starts handing out dumplings and like plopping them on the the table and with the sauce and everything. And and uh, mm. he lies down on top of on top of the comforter and stuff. Just pulls up the this like kind of ratty old 
quilt seems to be made out of like scraps of t-shirts and things. Uh, it's lovingly cared for, but is definitely showing its age um, and uh, kind of curls up. Yaksha, Yaksha sees Boris get into the bed and he goes, oh, wow, that's my mom's mattress. He never changed it. <laughs> <laughs> Sienny pokes it and <laughs> gets a little er er <laughs> I think Natasha uh <laughs> Grips Yaksha's arms and also gets her claws out a little bit. It's like, <laughs> Boris is trying to sleep. And she's like, dagger eyes. Trying, trying to be like, why you give him more nightmares? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to. Eat dumplings and stop talking. <laughs> I'm just going to go back to the book and eat some dumplings. <laughs> Yaksha, you go back to the book, eating some dumplings uh, as you work on decoding this uh, this notebook. You decode large chunks of it. You guys spend most of the day, you guys are just spending most of the day just like absorbing all of this information. You decode this notebook. It takes a little while. This is like a weird fucking cipher. Like every fucking letter takes you a couple seconds and you see a journal that seems to have started a few days before number 22 arrived in the static. It starts written in a fun code. It like talks about how he developed this fun new code and he like wants to try it out. Uh, He's sharing it with his friends. He doesn't seem to be like using this code for any kind of, he doesn't seem to be like, he's not trying to hide information. This is just a thing he likes to do. Like the first couple entries you get are him being excited. He seems to like really like this new code. He's playing around with it and talks about how he's so excited to go on the maiden voyage of the RMS Titanfall. You see like the two days leading up to it. He's very excited to meet with some people there. Uh, Specifically talks about a woman named Elena. Very excited to see her. You see he talks about some like crazy stuff that happens the first night about the twin queens kind of getting up, saying some kind of crazy shit. Yeah, some like weird disturbances happening. And he kind of recounts those. And then it seems a few days pass and he begins writing in it again having now arrived in the village. He kind of recounts a similar tale to what you guys have been through. He like goes through the processing that you guys had experienced. And he, he describes meeting with uh, number 25. He describes meeting with number two. He describes going through the same process where they asked him the, the strange question about how much dread are you bringing into the village, poured him an equal amount of joy. And he recounts drinking it and then quickly uh, regurgitating it when he left. Why didn't we think of that? Oh, why didn't we? We could we could just spit up hairballs all the time. This would have yeah. been we easy. We could have just bar. We could have just spewed. Just barfed. What a clever man. He mentions this woman Elena again. That seems to have been in the village with him. Uh, they seem to have, like washed up together uh, from the wreckage of the Titanfall. He describes her slow deterioration slowly they they both kind of pretend to be involved with the village but they they see each other they're kind of you know confidants with each other trying to figure out where they are what this is how do they get out of here talking about like the weird green orb they've seen around a couple of times he describes her slowly losing some of her ability to like recall him and re and like recall that they are outside of this world and slowly losing herself to the world of the village. 
you see the part that is most maybe disturbing to you is that he describes her in the days immediately preceding her falling into the village, complaining of very bad nightmares and of her being unable to sleep, unable to recover. You see him describing her eyes getting hollow, her just kind of slowly losing her mind a little bit and slowly fading into the static. Wait, what? when was this? Fuck. This, there are a number of entries afterwards. This seems to be a fair while ago because he they washed up together right this after is like the like right when they first got to the island or the village or the land. They seem to coexist for a while, like a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. And then once she started deteriorating, that process went pretty quickly. Okay. The last couple entries, you notice references to the three of you that he notices that there are these new people around. He describes you guys talks about how he doesn't know if you guys are prisoners or if you are wardens. Uh, And this concept kind of repeats over and over again, him trying to figure out who, what, where, when, why, who is running this village, what is its purpose, who are the jailers, who are the prisoners. And the last entry you see is him complaining of a nightmare. No. No, 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 no. No. I tell all this to uh, Sandy and Natasha. Oh, no, no, no. Does, do you think this is like nightmares that Boris had? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We need. We gotta get Boris out of here. Gotta get Boris out of here or get him dread. Natasha. Mm-hmm. I know this isn't one of your listed fears. Mm-hmm. Is this a time when Natasha would roll her fear dice? <sighs> I want to say yes, light. <laughs> but that is still a yes. So I, I think she would, yeah. Can you go ahead and roll a d12? You just don't want to roll a one. Okay. That's a nine. Okay. You bury this fear back a little bit, focusing on what you can do rather than what you cannot. On information you have, not information you don't. Mm-hmm. It's like a matter of time till we all start having nightmares then, essentially. I think if we are not having the drinks, dread. Then, then we are in danger. Yes. I will say something that you guys recognize from the notebooks. The woman number 22 mentions as Elena Mm -hmm. seemed to not drink the drink, fell to the static. It seems that number 22 also did not drink the drink and seems to have lasted a long time. I would say in this moment, you guys realize it's not necessarily a binary of I need to drink this thing. I need to not drink this thing. Mm -hmm. There is an element of maintaining a balance. Okay. So we we all share everything we've learned, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, does does twenty two ever list Elena's number? Yaksha, you looking through this book, you see a number of references to Elena and how she is deteriorating. She begins to partake, kind of non ironically, in the events of the village. 
She gets very involved. She talks about people with other numbers, talks like favorably about number two, like being excited, seems to stop noticing when number two changes. Like you notice that number 22 talks about new number twos appearing here and there. And Elena stops noticing. And then you see him begin to talk about how she keeps forgetting that she is not number 10. I knew it. Mm. That bitch. Mm. That make. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 very curious to see, like, after all of us sort of get to rest and get some sleep last night. Tonight, if Boris has nightmares again, partly because I'm wondering if that has something to do with the confines of the actual village itself or if it has to do with the static. Hmm. Like, I'm curious to see if if it doesn't necessarily have a one-to-one correlation with um, drinking joy or drinking those beverages, that it could be related to just the the static, but I'm wondering if it has something to do with the village. And now that we aren't in the village, will Brian make us roll for nightmares? <laughs> 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 will, will there still be nightmares? Because that would be interesting. You guys uh, look outside the, the porthole windows of Natasha's quarters. The sun has long since gone down. You guys have been conferring in this room zelda has come in and out having gotten her rest gilly has popped in and out those two have been kind of trading off the watch nothing to report the day has gotten away from you though not for nothing you guys have learned a lot picking through all this stuff armed now with some knowledge that might be helpful the night is fading boris is has been tossing and turning for a while but is slowly starting to Come to a rest. Do you guys go to sleep for the evening? Shouldn't one of us like stay up and stand watch? I think Natasha, while Boris is like settling down and, and getting to sleep, she will take a watch. Okay. Is everyone going to take a long rest this night though? I mean, you guys can definitely like alternate I was gonna say, watches. Can I take a watch and then take a long rest? Because Natasha does need it. Yeah, you guys can alternate so that everyone like takes a watch and it's never like unguarded. Uh, but you, if you don't take a long rest from here till the morning, you'll gain a level of exhaustion. Yeah. I think Natasha's plan is to, to take like basically this first watch from here. Yeah. And then, um, once that, that is up, uh, come down and, uh, snuggle with her brother. <laughs> <laughs> and Sieni and Yaksha, you guys passing out for the evening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can swap to like after our long rest. I'm happy to take. Are you guys going down to your uh, your quarters? Kind of like below deck. You guys each had a bunk. Yeah, I'm going. Do we all? Let's just say Yaksha. We all just. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, Yaksha, you've got your your secret bedroom. Uh, I hate the idea of splitting up, but uh, oh, you yeah, know what? I'll go. Like, I'll go sleep with Sienny. Actually, I'll be like, "Hey, Sienny, you want to see my childhood bedroom?" <laughs> yeah, can <laughs> you I see? We can have a sleepover. We can have a sleepover. I have a bunk bed. <laughs> I do the very cute thing we all did as kids, where you grab like the two pillows and then like drape the comforter over your back like a cape, <laughs> and you're just kind of like <laughs> huddling over to go make a <laughs> make a bed at the at the foot of uh, Yaksha's bed because. Sandin does not want to sleep alone 
after all this haunted information. (laughs) (laughs) You guys go to sleep for the night. Natasha. Duh. You lay with Boris, tucking yourself underneath the, the quilt that you've had for a very long time, ratty though it is. This is the kind of quilt that cannot retain warmth by itself, but somehow <laughs> still provides warmth mm-hmm. in that strange magical way that childhood tokens can. You see Boris begin to toss and turn in his sleep. You put your arms kind of around him. With your help and with this childhood blanket, I need Boris to roll a wisdom saving throw with advantage. Uh, he gets a plus two to his wisdom saves. Boris gets plus two. Okay. Uh, you want to beat a DC 17. Jeez. That's a 19 plus two, a 21. Thank God I got to get advantage. The other one's a three. <laughs> you see Boris toss and turn. His face squinches up as you can almost see tendrils of nightmares seeping into him. Tell me, what, what do you do as you see Boris begin to toss and turn in the throes of the beginnings of a nightmare? I think especially since like it's just them and, and they have this quilt out, which usually Natasha doesn't actually sleep under, but like has their um, as a sort of memento that isn't necessarily immediately recognizable as like, this is a memory of a childhood. And so I think it's very much reverting back to when they were little kids and like not necessarily in safe space and trying, she was trying to be like the parent and the adult and the protector and, and trying to make sure that he was okay and that he wasn't stressing out and that this position of like cuddling and, and being the one who's like awake and like giving him a little head pets and, and like tucking him under a blanket and stuff is a, is a thing she hasn't done in a long time, but is extremely familiar and very much reminds her of, of when they were kids finding their way. You give him these very familiar gestures of kindness and of siblinghood, memories of childhood and being together. And you see his face unscrunches just a little bit, still in the throes of not a restful night's sleep but at least not a debilitating night's sleep. Okay. Boris does not gain the benefits of a long rest, but he does not gain another level of exhaustion. (sighs) All right, it's something. Sieni and Yaksha, you're in Yaksha's room, you guys. Sieni, or Yaksha, you show him your childhood bedroom. What are some of the little features of Yaksha's bedroom? Oh, there's, uh, there's little, little pictures of, of young baby Yaksha just <laughs> hanging around. Uh, there's a poster of uh, some some old pirates that uh, Yaksha used to admire. And he's like, oh, this guy, this guy murdered a ton of people back in his day and got away with all of it. He's my hero. He's uh, a black bean <laughs> a shepherd. That's, that's what they call him. I don't know why they call him a shepherd. I don't know. I was a kid. Well, this is all great. <laughs> and I show him some of my old board games. Uh, one was like a, a pirate uh, uh uh, I don't know, like pirate monopoly. And it's like, uh, <laughs> you just, uh, you killing each other and there's really no real rules of monopoly. Just take what you want type of thing. Uh, a bunch of ridiculous stuff like that. 
My family would always get in fights over that one. <laughs> oh, mine too. Uh, I, I, I had a brother when, and I had to kill him. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline for Pirate Monopoly, take what you want, give nothing back. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, spend a bit of time kind of reminiscing over Yaksha's childhood and then tuck yourselves into this uh, bed. I think Yaksha's probably got like a twin bed, but with a trundle bed underneath. <laughs> Yeti tucks down to the trundle bed. Is this a is this a, a dragonborn size twin bed? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> dragonborn so size. Like a, king. Was say, so it's like a king it's, size it's bed big. for Sieni. Sieni is sleeping in the lap of luxury tonight. Uh, you, you see, though, still like a twin bed. It is long but still annoyingly narrow but like the legs of this thing have been doubly reinforced like this is preparing <laughs> to take on a hefty weight beefy boy you guys go to sleep for the evening yaksha nah as you fall uh, into slumber get the fuck out of here you feel the tendrils I don't want it creeping up from your head. I am in my childhood bedroom. Yeah, why him? You feel the familiar tendrils that you felt when you passed through the door into Mirren's laboratory. When you rolled your fear dice and failed. Oh no. I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw, DC 17. No, no, no. Oh. Do I get advantage because I'm in my childhood bedroom? Does he have like a little dragonborn teddy bear? <laughs> I have a little dragonborn nightlight in there. <laughs> I'm going to say no. You piece of shit. I know. I feel bad about that one. <laughs> <laughs> not 20, not 20, not 20. Oh, no. It's a wisdom saving throw. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think my wisdom's any good. Uh, oh, it actually, that's a 20. Dirty 20. Oh, thank goodness. You feel the familiar tendrils of dread that you felt earlier today as fear took hold of you as you landed in Mirren's laboratory. In your childhood bedroom with Sieni next to you, you force those tendrils back, fighting them as you begin to see images that you'd rather not relive creep into your mind you steal yourself creating a brick wall between you and those images and you pass the night in peace oh no the night passes you guys each take a watch and as you guys wake up you hear the sounds of strange birds cawing in the distance songbirds tweeting these strange lullabies and mating calls you hear don taraxa up on the deck seems to be doing some kind of like morning stretching pilates routine thing (laughs) he would him and bb just going at it you hear the sounds of the village off in the distance waking up and the quiet din of the static around you slowly rising as the morning greets you And then And that's where we'll end for the evening. Excuse me? No. I knew it. I knew it.
no, 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 Oh my god. No. What blew up? Was it all the mimics? We'll find out <laughs> next time uh, on the 20 sided podcast. Brian, you're the worst. Uh, stay tuned, y'all. Bye bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. I thought I was going to have a nightmare. <laughs> We're all going to have nightmares. Uh, I'm so nervous. Mm-hmm.